T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bucko Talk here on Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan, our Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township. You can visit them online at southhillsjeep.com. As Jason Mackey in just a moment here. The Pirates winning last night 3-1 to over the Marlins. A comeback of sorts. They were down by just one run, but they were able to find a way uh, to score three runs in the ninth to get the victory. And do we have Jason? We good? All right, we have Jason now. Uh, let's welcome in Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette. Jason's appearances here on The Fan are brought to you by Westminster College, where real experiences lead to real success. Jason, good morning. How are you? Morning, Josh. I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very well. How are things in uh, South Florida? Are you enjoying the Miami lifestyle at all? <laughs> so I am not in South Florida, oh, but I not. will assure you. No, it's my first one. Um, I feel a little weird. My first trip that I'm not taking this year. <laughs> uh, first time I've been away from the team for more than like one day since spring training. Um, so you know, we're, we're surviving. I can tell you this. If I was in South Florida, I would not be living the South Florida lifestyle <laughs> because I hate that place with most all of my heart. Um, I have no desire to ever go to Miami. It is so incredibly expensive and so incredibly hot. And those are two combinations that I don't particularly love myself. So I totally understand that. Um, yeah. Jason, you know, I, I want to start. Obviously, this week we saw the appearance of Henry Davis. We saw the debut of Nick Gonzalez as well. I, I want to start with Davis. Have you got a sense, talking with people in the organization, on why they are approaching it this way with him not catching and how this is going to work over the long haul here? I mean, is there is there a plan in place here that sort of makes sense right now, or does, is it still just kind of an unknown because – I personally don't understand how this is all going to work with him trying to become a major league catcher, but not actually being a major league catcher right now. Yeah. I have many thoughts on this, Josh, and I've talked to many people about it. Uh, My first one would be that I agree with you. I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't understand how you can get better at catching without catching. Um, It's just extremely difficult to do. Now, why we are in this situation, from what I understand and what I've seen with my own two eyes, is that he's not ready to catch in major major league games. That's the organization's view on it, and frankly, I back it up. Um, I would put him in there to sort of gauge it, prove a point, see what it looks like. I think people would understand that more. At the same time, I don't think the product's going to be very good. 
And what I mean by that, framing, holding on to balls, blocking balls, accuracy throwing. And so you, he can help them offensively. There's nothing wrong with that. So you have to find what he can do. And frankly, he's been better than I think a lot of people expected in right field. I look at Henry Davis, Josh, and I see a Kyle Schwarber comp. And I'm not saying he's going to be Kyle Schwarber. I mean somebody who's going to probably end up at another position because the development at catcher just isn't there. And you can say, is that Davis? Is that the org? I don't know. But I, I don't know if I see him blossoming into that you know, premier catcher or anything like that. Are they in a difficult spot right now because of Andy Rodriguez's struggles as well? I mean, if Andy was you know catching really well and – hitting the ball really well. It, w- it would be sort of a no-brainer right now. Hey, you just keep the guy in right. But it doesn't really seem like that's exactly played out perhaps the way that they would have loved uh, with Andy Rodriguez in AAA right now as well. Well, that's one way of looking at it, and I understand why someone would look at it that way. It's not wrong. I would present a counter-argument in that they might have separated themselves just maybe in a way that nobody expected. And what I mean by that is if Andy catches fire and ends up hitting the way I think he can, the way a lot of people think he can, he comes up here and catches, and that's a pretty easy solution, provided he's not terrible. Um, again, there have been defensive concerns with both of them. I, I've relayed that, have relayed that to you and other people, um, and there's been a lot of talk about that. I hope one of them pans out. Certainly, uh, they both need to develop a little bit more. But if Andy comes up here and hits, you figure it out. And I don't think all is lost with Andy. I think it's still been a very short small sample size in AAA. Guys play way more than – he still might be under 60 games, something like that at AAA. It, it, it's not a lot, and he's been better, had a really good night last night at three hits. He's shown flashes, and the minute he finds some consistency, I do believe he'll be up here and we'll see what happens position-wise. They make the move this week, Jason, to bring Nick Gonzalez up. Why was it the right time for Nick Gonzalez, and how does he project in the majors? I mean, is there – is there sort of a threshold for him or, or a projection for Nick Gonzalez and what type of player he can be for them? But why was right now the time for him? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I was caught a little surprised by that, Josh, I'll be honest. I, I mean, he's been better at AAA, certainly, and, and that's been encouraging. I don't quite know what his profile looks like as a major league hitter, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he, he is a guy with a little bit more pop than you would expect. You know, 20-plus homers I don't think is too insane. Um, it's a little bit insane, but he should be a higher average guy than he's been. We saw him last night look a little overmatched at the plate, a little more strikeout than you'd like in somebody that plays his position. I do get the sense that they're going to start looking under more rocks, as they should. And what I mean by that, just calling up guys, giving them opportunities. And I think Nick, because of his draft position, because of the spring he had, I think that really resonated with people, earned the opportunity. Uh, you're going to see more. Uh, Jared Triolo is another guy. I sort of wrote about him just a little bit in my off-the-bat thing on Sunday, but he's hitting like 330 over his last 25 or something. A really good defensive player. You'll see him. You'll see some other guys. And I think Nick just kind of earned it with a strong spring. They want to take a look at him. I think some guys like Bay, Castro, Marcano, they've stagnated a little bit. I like Castro or uh, like what Marcano did last night. But I just think you're going to see if they don't start winning, they don't start producing, they're going to turn to other guys. Does Triolo have position flexibility? I know he's listed as a third baseman, but what's his flexibility like from a, a positional standpoint? And I mean, obviously they have a third baseman that is making a lot of money. How does he fit in if he does get called up? Because I'm with you. He, he has been swinging a good bat, it seems like. He has a ton, Josh. He has a ton. 
With Triolo, the interesting thing, he might be the best defensive player in the organization other than Key Brian Hayes. Mm. He is really, really good with the glove. He's played first base. He's played short. He's played third. He's played some outfield. I don't have any concern about where he plays in the field. Now, is this past 25-game stretch for real? I'm not sure. Um, he's had problems hitting consistently in the minors. He can even run a little bit. He had a four-steal game this week, so it, it, and, it, which is odd for like a guy that's about 6'3", 210, but he can move. I've liked him a lot at first base. He, he strikes me as somebody that can shift over there and really, really be a plus glove. But, yeah, position flexibility to answer that part of it is no issue with Triola. Uh, that's it kind of brings me to my next point I mean what's the long-term future or I guess the intermediate future of the first base position I, I don't see Carlos Santana here maybe past the trade deadline you know maybe you can touch on that but um, obviously they have G-Man Choi who, who has been injured but long term I mean is Malcolm Nunez a fit there I mean who who is that sort of longer term over the next couple of years first baseman for the Pirates or is it even in their organization right now I think it's in their organization, Josh. I do. Um, I think they have too many options that they can try over there. I don't think they know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you can look at several options. Nunez has kind of fallen off the radar. He's got a shoulder impingement. He's down in Bradenton. Andy Rodriguez is somebody still that I look at at that position, depending on what the catching situation looks like. He's taking reps over there. You know, a, a sleeper pick for me over there is Rodolfo Castro. Mm. If, if they need to stash somebody's bat, maybe he plays second base. Gonzalez is a more natural play there. They've got Tamar Johnson in the system. You would seemingly think he comes up at some point. Uh, you probably want a place to play G1 Bay, assuming he contributes offensively and uses his speed. But I like Castro over there mainly. I want to see what Triolo can do. I mean, it's going to be whoever hits, right? Yeah. That's the nature of the position. So uh, throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. I don't have any problem with that. As far as Santana and Choi, I mean, certainly they would like to trade one of them. I think if Choi comes back and hits, oh, boy, that would, that would really help them. I don't know what to make of Santana. I don't know if you can trade that contract and his production right now. Uh, if you do, you're not going to get much of anything. I mean, maybe somebody would take a chance on the leadership and whatever. But, you know, a sub-700 OPS or flirting with 700, 6.8, the, you know, the remaining value on that, that's just that's not a great combo. Talking with Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette right now. Um, Jason, the bullpen has obviously been disastrous since the start of this month, um, but but it also hasn't been handled well in my eyes a- as well. I mean, there have been times where I've been sort of left scratching my head uh, when it comes to the decisions made with the bullpen. Are those decisions and sort of what's happened, I mean, is it injury, is it specifically based on injury, or uh, has Derek Shelton, I think, maybe – been uh, is he deserving of criticism I guess when it comes to his bullpen usage is I guess what I'm trying to ask here yeah I I think that's fair Uh, I would in the camp of not defending Shelton but trying to provide a balanced reason for it I don't I don't think the bullpen construction has been very good either so it's not like Derek Shelton is is back there swimming with options and all of these great arms um, if you think about, you know, dial back to the offseason, how they wanted to construct their bullpen, Robert Stevenson, Dwayne Underwood Jr., Chase DeYoung, Will Crow, like this was the starting group that they set out with thinking that was going to be their bullpen. And it has not worked at all. And it, Derek Shelton has been forced to use guys in roles for which they're not necessarily suited because how they set it up didn't work out. You can even say Colin Holderman, his injury, and, and when he struggled, that's 
put a pinch on things. But that's not Derek Shelton's fault. Now, did I like the decision not to go with David Bednar the other night? Of course not. I hated it. Like, I wish you've got seven great innings from Mitch. Bednar has not pitched, snapped the losing streak, put Bednar in the game. Fine. But, you know, turning to certain guys and such, like, I, I just think they're, they are individual. I'm not trying to give a cop-out answer or anything. I think, you know, a lot of people have made a lot of mistakes at the organization. It's certainly fair to criticize. And, again, I would, I would criticize the lack of pitching depth. They should have more. They need to have more. It's hurting them that they're not having more. But it's not all just Shelton pressing the wrong button. Jason, uh, talking about, you know, the future of this organization, um, Cruz Skeens, is it going to be one of them? Which one do you think it's going to be? Do you have a feel of it yet? Uh, and, and I guess which one makes more sense for the Pirates as an organization, Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeens? Or is it perhaps somebody else they go a different route entirely? I'm probably well. I don't. I don't know how people feel about this thing. Paul Skeens is my answer to a lot of that, Josh, um, and for a couple of reasons. I'm not saying that that's the way they're leaning. I, I don't have that intel. I don't think anybody's going to have that intel any time that I've asked. It's the, the decision has not been fully made. Um, I can tell you this: there's going to be no limitations when it comes to money spent, signing bonus, any of that stuff. Um, yes, there's a concern about pitchers having Tommy John surgery and arm issues. Sure. Anybody who has watched Paul Skeen's pitch would probably argue that it's worth the risk. One reason why I think, and this was part of your question, that I think it makes a lot of sense for the Pirates, they don't spend money on premium pitching. They're not going to spend money on premium pitching. Here's a way to get premium pitching for very cheap. I've talked to scouts and, and evaluators around the industry that think this kid could come up immediately and contribute in the Pirates' rotation. I mean, I have nothing to, to say they're wrong. I mean, that's, that's how nasty... He is. Now, I don't think they'd do that because they're way more cautious with pitching, and I hate some of that stuff, but Skeens is really, really good, man. I know there's a crowd out there that wants to see him draft Dylan Cruz, and that's great, but I have a tough time turning down the pitcher. At the plate, Jason, last thing for you. Uh, walks are not a bad thing, but are the Pirates walking too much? Do you get what I'm asking there? Yeah. Yeah. I, yes, I would agree with that. Um, they, they have preached this on-base approach – um, and it's a good thing because it didn't happen last year. I think the on-base approach has bled into being overly cautious. Yeah, I would like to see some of their hitters not think as much at the plate. They have a lot. They have a very naturally athletic lineup, and I see guys trying to take pitches and trying to work counts. Not everybody's meant to do that, man. Like I grew up watching a lot of Vladimir Guerrero, and I know that's like an odd comp for some people. But, like, dude was swinging. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I don't have a problem with a guy chasing a pitch out of the zone. I have a guy going up. I have a problem with a guy going up there and looking at three straight strikes. Yeah. You know, if you go down, go down swinging. And it's just they're, they're trying to do something. And I worry that Andy Haynes, and I don't think Andy Haynes is a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad hitting coach. I disagree a little bit with the philosophy where I think he's got some young guys thinking more than I'd like them to think. Don't 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 think up there. Don't try to get on base. Just try to take the bat and hit the ball with it. Like let's simplify here. I'd like to see them make that change. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, you know, I just feel like the 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 overly cautious approach has resulted in far too many bats being left on shoulders and uh, strike threes called for the Pirates. Jason, appreciate it as always. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much. All right, brother. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. That's Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Jason's appearances here on The Fan brought to you by Westminster College, where real experiences lead to real success. I jumped all over the place there 
uh, on Jason with that as well. I had a lot of questions. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That I wanted to ask him. That whole walk thing, the Pirates, something like fifth in the majors right now in walks in the month of June, yet their offense is this. And... I, I heard somebody ask it, um, and, and for the life of me, it might have been Kevin Gorman perhaps that asked um, this question of Derek Shelton of, you know, are, are you maybe walking too much? And, you know, you go back to the whole money ball philosophy of, hey, just take your walk, get on base, take that base, it's fine. As long as you're on base, you're on base. But there does come a time where I think start of that, like Jason says, bleeds into your overall philosophy and your overall approach where it's like, all right, well, if I'm just looking to get on base, if I'm just looking to draw walks, well, what happens when there's runners at second and third and one out? You know, am I just looking to get on base now or I'm looking to, or, or am I looking to drive those guys in? And that has become, I think, during this stretch, and there's been a lot of issues here during, uh, you know, the last – you know, month and a half, nearly two months now, there's been a lot of issues. There's no question about that. But offensively, I think, has been the biggest, the most consistent issue that the Pirates have had. And a lot of that has centered around their two-strike approach. That guys are sitting there, and how many times have we seen Key Brian Hayes in particular do this, sit there and look at strike three? The approach has not been good, and a lot of that comes back to the hitting coach, Andy Haynes. This has not been a good year for Andy Haynes. They stuck by him, but it has not been a good year. The proof is in the pudding that guys are striking out far too frequently. Yes, they're drawing walks, but it's not a walking coach. It's a hitting coach, right? They have to be able to hit. And, yes, I get that walks are part of hitting. I, I, I get it, and they need to draw walks. But they're, I think, bordering right now on a team that is far too passive at times and far too little aggressive. They need to be more aggressive at times. Even if you strike out more because you get aggressive. Even if you chase a pitch, like Jason said, out of the zone. 
Now, Vladimir Guerrero is a great example of a guy that he didn't care where the ball was. He wasn't trying to draw walks. He was trying to hit. And you don't need nine Vladimir Guerreros in your team, but you also don't need nine guys that are looking to walk every single at-bat either. And that's, to me, too much of what the Pirates have right now. We'll get your calls, 412-928-9370. We're going to talk Skeens, Cruz, and who else the Pirates might be looking at. We're getting closer to the Major League Baseball draft. The Pirates have the first overall pick, and they have a big decision to make. Do you want Skeens? Do you want Cruz? Do you want somebody else? Let me know. 412-928-9370 is the number. You can text us on the Edgar Center and Associates fan text line. Same number, 412-928-9370. Edgar Center and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. I'm Josh Roundtree. It's Bucko Talk. Jam Fest is back August 12th, North Park. It's the three-on-three basketball tournament, grades three through adult, recreational, and adult championship groups. All team ticket proceeds benefits benefit folds of honor. There's going to be food trucks. Tips off at 10 a.m., Coach Dave Gray Kid Zone will be available as well. Details and registration on the 937thefan.com events page. It's brought to you by Spitzer Toyota. Uh, lots of calls, lots of calls. We're talking Skeens, Cruz, or someone else. Who do you think the Pirates should draft? Is it the 99 mile per hour with E, six foot six, 250 pound righty? Is it the uh, guy that can seemingly be a five-tool outfielder for the Pirates for a long, long time? You heard Jason Mackey say earlier that right now they feel like Paul Skeens could be a guy that could step off the mound in Omaha and onto the mound at PNC Park without batting an eye. That's how good he has the potential of being. That won't happen, but that it could. Let's go to Daryl in Houston. What's up, Daryl? Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. And a couple of things you guys, you just touched on, it cleared up some things for me was the, the pitching, the, 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 the hitting coach and the philosophy. Because for the life of me, I could not understand how we were taking so many call third strikes. Yeah. And it was a head scratcher. You mentioned T. Brian Hayes, also Connor Joe. And these are, these are dead red pitches. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we waiting on? Why do we take so many Call third strikes as a baseball club, and I'm glad you. I'm glad I'm listening. I'm glad you cleared that up because I was really confused about what their what their their strategy or philosophy was. Are they just taking third strikes? They're guessing too much. But now, if it's a part of they're being taught, now that makes it a little bit more clear for me. But like you say, you're a hitting coach. You're not a walking coach. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a collect. You know, when it's a if it's a one guy sort of thing, then I think okay, it's that guy's problem. When it's a team wide issue, when they're walking a ton, but a lot of guys are striking out looking. To me, that has to be pointed to a philosophical issue that that's happening with the hitting coach. Totally agree with that. Totally agree because it's definitely it's definitely a team wide thing. It's not just one or two guys. I see for everyone's taking. And they're taking strikes that are right down the middle of the plate. Uh, in regards to Cruz or Skeen, I'm taking Cruz. I'm taking the, I'm taking the everyday player. And, you know, they, they mentioned the prospect of uh, Skeen being, you know, as good as, as Strasburg. But what does Strasburg have? He has arm problems. Yep. And these guys pitch a lot. I mean, they pitch a lot. College uh, pitchers, they throw, a lot of, they throw a lot of pitches. And you probably can step onto the, you know, step from Omaha into, you know, PNC Park. But how long will he be there before you have to deal with arm trouble? And that's the only thing. And, and, and if it was a disparity of talent, but he's like Cruz is a five-tool everyday player. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a generational player. 
I yeah. want him in the lineup as much as as much as I can get him in there, and he can make a difference in every game, not every four or four or five days. Yeah, I mean, I think, and Daryl, appreciate the call. Good stuff, man. Thanks, man. I, I think that you're looking at a situation where you have Dylan Cruz, who will play every day, like you said, uh, and, and both guys are important. I mean, you need everyday outfielders for sure, um, but you'll have Dylan Cruz, who you feel like will be in the middle of your lineup and play every single day, a, a two-hitter perhaps for a decade, a three-hitter for a decade, maybe even a cleanup guy if he adds a little bit more power. Who knows? You feel like you can have him for a very long time to come. You have a guy in Skeens that you feel like can be your number one pitcher for a decade. The issue is, and I brought it up earlier and and, and Daryl mentioned it there, when you start talking about the amount of wear and tear already on that guy's arm, he throws the ball super hard. It looks effortless, but he throws super hard. And he throws a lot. Uh, he has three outings this year in college with 120 or more pitches, including the one the other night in the, the College World Series. Three outings with 120 more pitches. He has 13 100-plus pitch outings in college this year. He went on short rest to pitch on Thursday. And he looked great. He looked sharp. He was magnificent. He is a dynamite prospect when it comes to pitching. But I feel like you're going to lose two years of him because of Tommy John at some point. I just have to have that mentality when I'm talking about pitchers right now. I just have to. And that is giving me a, a big-time cause for concern. I mean, look, you have to draft pitchers at some point, especially like Jason Mackey said earlier, when you're a team that does not spend on pitchers, you got to go draft them, and I get that. And if Paul Skeens was the solid number one guy in this draft, I would say go ahead and draft him. But when there's a guy like Dylan Cruz sitting there that's available that can be a middle of your lineup, a, a, a you know prime part of your lineup hitter for potentially a decade, that's a guy that I look at and say, well, if I have to move off Paul Skeens and, and the terrific pitcher, it's going to be for that guy. That's why I'm sort of favoring Cruz still, but I do feel like the Pirates can't really go all that wrong with either of those guys. Where I think they're going to end up in getting into trouble is if what I've been reading about of them maybe going away from both of those guys, trying to go under the slot and spread the money out a little bit more, that's where I think they might end up getting into some problems. Take the, take the big-time prospect. Take the top guys. One of those two top guys, take them. Let's go to Warren in Harrison City. What's up, Warren? Uh, good morning. Uh, former season ticket holder. I was there Monday night. I still go to a lot of games. And most of the booing came from the season ticket holders or the box seats. I'm not so sure they were booing Hedges. I think they were booing uh, the general manager and uh, the, the having Hedges on the team. As bad as these umpires are calling balls and strikes, uh, his framing ability isn't doesn't matter. And you can't bat, bat 160 with the lineup that they have. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. I appreciate the call, Warren. You know, I, like I said earlier, I mean, you can live with a guy batting 163 if the rest of your lineup is mashing. You know, then you can you can accept that. 163, maybe not, but 
you can hit, you can live with a guy hitting 180, 190, something like that if the rest of your lineup is producing. Well, the rest of the lineup isn't producing, and the Pirates are not winning, so that's going to get magnified a whole lot more. Uh, Doc in Claysville is up next. What's going on, Doc? Good morning. Uh, I got two comments here, Josh. First of all, it's a, been a very good show this morning. Thank you. And but the two my two comments are this: number one, uh, you, you take the cruise. That's the one you want to take. Or I said that two weeks ago, and I take the everyday player over the pitcher. Well, that's my opinion on that. Now, the other opinion I have have is um, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, they got two weeks till the All Star break, and. There's 14 games there. I looked at it, and uh, I say the Pirates have to go nine and five on that, which is which isn't unbelievable. But if they go nine and five, get back in this thing, because it's going to be a wide, uh, very few wins in the in the division they're in. Probably like I wanted to say, 84. And I think the things stay close. It's that nine win, even better, maybe, but. That's what I feel about uh, where they're at. Yeah, yeah, Doc, appreciate the call as always. You know, I, I think you talk about what's ahead for the Pirates here. First of all, what he said about Dylan Cruz, if all things are equal, I agree with that. If you need help potentially depth-wise in your organization from a hitting standpoint and all things are equal between the pitcher and the hitter, I'm going to side with going with the everyday guy. I, I agree with that mentality. Unless the pitcher is, you know, heads and tails above the hitter, which is not the case in, in, in this scenario. As far as the path ahead, you mentioned 14 games, probably need to win nine. It's going to be tough. I mean, the Pirates have two more with Miami starting today at, at 410, and they have Osvaldo Beto going to the mound. Tomorrow you have Oviedo going to the mound. And then you come back home for six against San Diego and Milwaukee. And, you know, San Diego is a talented team. Milwaukee is very much in this race and just took three from the Pirates. Then you close out before the All-Star break with four games at the Dodgers. Now, if you recall last year, and then there's three at Arizona as well, but if you recall last year, the Pirates sort of right before the All-Star break, they went out to L.A. and they swept the Dodgers in L.A. And it gave you a little bit of hope maybe that the back half of their season could be somewhat encouraging. It ended up not being the case. The Pirates, through this San Diego and Milwaukee series uh, coming up, those six games, first of all, they need to win probably the next two against Miami. At least win one of the next two and split that series. Those six at home, they probably need to win four of those six at home against San Diego and Milwaukee. And then they're going to have to go on the road with seven on on the West Coast with L.A. and Arizona and win, I don't know, four of those, four of those seven. If they do that, then they're at a spot at the deadline where you can say, all right, you know, at least they've put themselves in position to maybe be competitive in the back half here. But this stretch coming up for a team that has been playing horrible it is not a favorable stretch coming up. Maybe the competition will bring out the best in them. Maybe they'll surprise us. It's happened before. It happened last year. But I don't like the way that that's trending right now with what they have left here before the All-Star break. Let's go to Rich in Pittsburgh. What's up, Rich? Good morning. Hey, good morning. 
you know, I'm a Pirate fan forever, and I'd love to see them do well. Uh, if you look at the history of one ones overall um, in the draft, uh, they're 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 hit or miss. Um, in my opinion, if the Pirates are thinking about taking this pitcher because they think he's going to take the ball in a month and help carry the playoffs, I think that's misguided. You know, I, this team is speaking of the farm system. There are no bona fide superstars in their in their farm system. You know, I go on the A to F scale, and I think they have some B uh, quality prospects, uh, but they they don't have any bona fide superstars coming up through their system. You look at the major league team; their best player, Brian Reynolds, is probably a B plus player. Most people would call him no bona fide major league uh, superstars. So my feeling is they're still a long ways away. I think you take a player that you think is going to help you uh, as an organization, not in a, in a, as an organization tomorrow. Um, they, they obviously they need pitching. If it were me, I'd take Dylan Cruz and take a pitcher in the next 10 rounds um, and, 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 and take it from there. But Cincinnati's jumped ahead of them because they're bringing up prospects from a better farm system uh, Chicago's got a better farm system. St. Louis arguably has uh, as good or better farm system. So uh, it's tough. It's tough sledding for for the Pirates moving ahead. And, and one last comment: I think my my faith in Sherrington has really taken a hit. You know, I'm not a, uh, a Shelton fan at all, and I think a team like this that doesn't have you know, seven home run hitters in the lineup is always going to have to play fundamentally very sound uh, ball. Um, and, and they're not that team. And he doesn't strike me as a manager that that really uh, will bring out that uh, that in a team. Uh, I, I just I, I question the extension. I think it was exuberance. Uh, and last point, you know, anybody that thinks they're going to make some trade at the deadline. Um, that's going to put them over the top. Uh, it's just it's just pie in the sky. I mean, just look at their team. They have a C first baseman. They have a, probably a C-plus second base situation. At shortstop, they have the second-best crews in the division. Third base is probably a B. You know, the outfielders are Bs and Cs. The catching situation is a C. They're, they're pitching now. I mean, it's not fair because their depth has been depleted. Uh, has uh, is probably a C. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how anybody can get excited about this team this year. That's not to say that they're not making some headway, but you know, even trading Robert Stevenson, how, why does that make sense in a team that's bereft of pitching? You get another banjo hitting middle infielder. I'm not saying I'm a St- Stevenson fan, but he's at least a major league arm. Now you're bringing up guys that you know. We're re- probably in the near term that are recently going to have pitched in double A. I just, right. I just don't see it. You know, I, yeah. Whole, well, it and, and doesn't I, work. Right. And I, and I think, and Rich, thanks for the call. I think the the path here for the Pirates. You talk about well, this position's a C, and this one's a B, and this one's uh, the the big thing for the Pirates is you know, and, and this is part of a developmental process. You have to get guys to that point where they're going from. C's to B's to A's. That's, I think, what we're not seeing as much with the Pirates right now. And, and maybe we will. And maybe this is taking time here. I mean, nobody anticipated the Pirates in 2023 to have a team full of A players. If they can develop those guys into A's and B's, then they're going to be pretty good for the next few years. Uh, and so I think that's 
that's going to be the challenge going forward here for the Pirates is you have a lot of okay guys right now, but not a lot of great players right now. And, and organizationally, there's not a lot of dynamic prospects coming up through the system. That's why I take Dylan Cruz because he is a dynamic hitter that can come up, I think, very quickly through the organization. I, I think there's a real chance if you draft Dylan Cruz uh, in a couple of weeks that he will be here at either the late stages of next year, maybe middle of next year, maybe beginning of 2025. I, I don't think the process will take that long because the Pirates will be closer to winning. By the way, uh, Jonathan Mayo, who does an amazing job covering the drafts for MLB.com, he put out his mock draft, his new mock draft. He has had Dylan Cruz, and this one was released two days ago. He has had Dylan Cruz mocked to the Pirates first overall for a while now. Both he and Jim Callis both have. He now has Paul Skeens going to the Pirates at number one overall, not Dylan Cruz. We got to take a break. I know we have a couple callers left. We'll try to get to you when we get back, though. Uh, so stay on the line, but we'll get to you when we come back. This is Bucko Talk here on The Fan. All right, good show this morning, Bucko Talk. Let's grab a couple of very quick calls because we got to get out for Pomp coming up next. Uh, he's waving at me to take my time. Let's go to Frank in Chippewa who's been waiting patiently. What's up, Frank? Hey, brother, how you doing? Good, good. What's going on? Here's my here's my take on uh, Charrington and um, Shelton. I think Charrington gets a C plus so far. Um, to me, I'm drafting I'm drafting uh, the hitter right away. I think you you can use him in the lineup four out of five days as opposed to the pitcher, even though he's a beast. And and, and getting with Shelton, I don't think he manages. I don't think he sees the uh, the 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 um, what's in front of him. Like when they're, when they had an eight game losing streak, he went with a Sunday lineup. He's got to read the room better, at least put McCutcheon in. You know, I think if, if I was managing the team, they'd probably have three more wins right now. Just from, <laughs> I'm serious. Well, I'd put Bednar in an eighth inning. Yeah. You know no, I, mean? I, I, I agree with you on that, Frank. Thanks for the call. I, I would have gone with Bednar the other night as well uh, in the eighth. I mean, you just have to read the circumstance and it's not just the in-game circumstance; it's it's the in-season circumstance that they have to they have to play with. I mean, you you have to look at where you are as a team, and, and I know you can't always let desperation dictate the way that you operate on a daily basis because you end up just spiraling out of control sometimes if you do that. But there does come there does come a time where you have to look at it and say like, hey, we got to get a win here. Like this is a this is becoming a must-win circumstance, and we got to get a win. Let's go to Bob. Our final call. Let's go to Bob on the cell. What's up, Bob? Hey, a uh, long time, first time, Josh. Thanks. Um, real quick, why isn't anyone talking about Miguel Andujar? I mean, he's batting three forty six <laughs> down to AAA, a thousand OPS. Well, eight homers. I-, I can tell you why. It's because Miguel Andujar is a-, a phenomenal hitter in AAA and a terrible hitter in the major league level. I mean, that's essentially what it is. When they've brought him up here, he just hasn't he just hasn't been productive and. That's it is what it is. I mean, they brought him up for a fairly extended look. Thirteen games he got. That's not a ton, but thirty-three at bats. He hit one sixty-one this year. They sent him back down. You know, last year he hit two fifty in a brief sample size with the Pirates. It wasn't that bad, but you know he didn't hit the long ball at all. He's not a power hitter, at least not since that twenty eighteen season with the Yankees, where he nearly hit thirty home runs and had you know almost a hundred RBIs that year. And since then, he he hasn't put up 30 home runs or 100 RBIs since 2018 combined and hasn't even come close, to be totally honest. 
So he is, to me, a guy that had a phenomenal second year in the big leagues, a really rookie year in the big leagues, as it turned out to be, and has never been able to get back to that point since then. The Pirates, I think, saw that and thought, you know, hoped and prayed that they could maybe find a way of replicating that. It hasn't worked out. I'm with you, and, you know, they bring up guys like Cal Mitchell and so on and so forth. Andujar, maybe you you strike with the hot bat, maybe you get him up and it helps, but I'm starting to think that they're looking at a guy who's 28 years old that they've brought up now once already this year that really hasn't done anything for them at this level, especially this season when they brought him up. I thought he was really bad. I thought he was really poor at the plate uh, when they brought him up earlier this year, and that's why he's still there. Man, this is a good talk. We had a lot of callers today. I love that. Love getting you on. That's that's why they call it Bucko Talk, I guess, is because that's what we do with you. We talk about the Buckos, and uh, we had a lot of a lot of talks here uh, on the show today. Bob Pompiani is coming up next. Uh, I'll be back with you next on Tuesday for Pirates pre and post game. Dan Zangrilli has pregame and postgame coverage later on today as well. But Bob Pompiani is coming up next. He'll take you through the next couple of hours, and I'll be back with you next Saturday for Bucko Talk as well from 9 to 11, right here as always on 93.7 The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.